Welcome back. Now, persistent power cuts have dimmed Impala Platinum's earnings. The miners' interim headline earnings per share have dipped by just over 2%. This has load shedding and a small to rebuild impacted refined platinum production during the period. That's down by 9%. Despite this, a dividend of 420 cents has been declared, albeit down by 20%. Let's dig through the performance in greater detail with company CEO Nico Muller. Thank you so much for your time, Nico. Just looking at the operational dynamics that you encountered, particularly in South Africa, was load shedding or load cur curtailment the Achilles heel, um, or were there other more significant challenges? Well, if you look at the production engine of the company, I think we performed very, very well. Our, our tons milled, our ounces and concentrate was, was all, uh, uh, even with, with the previous year. However, the company absorbs load curtailment in its furnaces, and that's where it bit hard. We had a 70,000-ounce impact on final metals. That is roughly 10% of our managed uh, operations in South Africa. The worrying thing about that was that towards the end of the reporting period and into the new year, we saw an escalation in uh, load curtailment, and that is concerning for the rest of the financial year and, and going forward. Yeah. Uh, just looking at RAND depreciation, uh, did that present a double-edged sword in terms of pricing and costs, and how far did that stretch into the numbers? So I think that there are two components to that. Firstly, yeah. if you look at the 16% year-on-year unit cost increase, 9% of that is associated with global inflation. That uh, not only ourselves, but the peer group, and in fact, the uh, entire global economy is exposed to. In addition to that, we saw a depreciation, a 15% depreciation in the South African rand to the dollar. And for our company that is geographically diverse with operations in Zimbabwe and Canada, it, res it re um, results in an increase in the translated dollarized cost of Zimbabwe and Canada into the South African rand. And so that has given cause to a 15% year-on-year unit cost increase. Yeah. And in terms of, so, so you, would you say that it just affected your costs and maybe wasn't a benefit in terms of pricing? No, in fact, it, it was a benefit in pricing. Yeah. Uh, so it cuts both ways. So if yeah. you look at the at the dollar cost, the dollar the the, the the dollar price of our metals declined by nine percent. But as a consequence of the depreciation of the the South African rand, the rand basket price yeah. net increased by five percent to thirty thousand thirty eight thousand one hundred and seventeen. So we benefited on the revenue side, which is why our gross revenue in fact increased by 4% notwithstanding the 2% decline in uh, the number of 60 ounces sold. Yeah, alright. Uh, Nico, what were your biggest uh, cost pressure points during the period? So we have different escalation rates in different jurisdictions but across the board you'll find similar trends. One, the highest cost inflation was on consumables and that is explosives, fuels, chemicals and steel. The second biggest impact was on utilities of which the power cost dominated, particularly in Zimbabwe, where uh, the cost of electricity increased by 21%. Strangely enough, in the conventional labor-dominated environment such as Rustenburg and uh, Marula, we found for the first time a structural protection in that the, 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 the impact of 
consumables and utilities is far lower and so we saw lower unit cost increases as a consequence of inflation in these operations. Yeah, and I'd actually just like to know, Nico, just drilling into those utilities, you mentioned the pressure in Zimbabwe and also in South Africa. What is the company working on in order to kind of shield the operations from those disruptions and those costs? So there are two parts again. One yeah. is the cost of, of consumables. And to be quite honest, we have limited strategic response capacity other than to make sure that we don't rely on a single supplier, that we have a diverse supplier base, which is something that we're working on. But I think the far more acute pressure is in security of supply and whether that's power or consumables. And again, the strategy of the company is to increase strategic stockholding of critical space and to diversify the supply chain of uh, critical uh, components. Yeah. I'd like to drill into the income from associates that declined by 7% uh, and just the dynamics there that played out with Mimosa, Two Rivers and RB, your uh, exposure to RB Platt. So let's just start off with Royal Buffer King Platinum. Yeah. I, mean, I think they have come with, uh, with, with their results and, and obviously it's, uh, it's been uh, not to market expectations. And personally, I think that is as a consequence of the dragging out of the transaction that they are exposed to for a far too long a period. I think it's got a very detrimental impact on both management, employees, as it is impossible for them to sit down and focus the minds on strategy and, 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 and direction. Um, then as far as Mimosa is concerned, um, you know, obviously we have got the reduction in dollar metal prices. Mimosa is based in Zimbabwe. They earn their revenue in dollars, so they've not had the protection of the weakening of the rand, and they were also exposed to hyperinflation, and so that would have contracted their contribution to earnings. Mm. Um, and just actually drilling into RB Platt, you talk about the impact of the ongoing uh, corporate action. Of course, we know uh, the bid that um, you are part of together with Northern Platinum. And actually, um, you did say at the or after the results presentation that there is now for the first time an option for uh, Impala Platinum to abandon that takeover but because it's taking too long. So just firstly, Nico, what are the outstanding steps there in terms of closing that deal? Yeah, so well, perhaps just a, 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 a minor correction. It's not that we have the, the option of termination for the first time now. It's the fact that, I mean, so when we came with the offer in November 2021, we, we expressed the strategic importance of the merger of the contiguous assets, and that still remains valid to this, to this day. However, we have to recognize that in spite of the strategic importance, it is not constructive to indefinitely pursue the, uh, the the transaction. It's got negative consequences for many stakeholders involved. And therefore, we have um, we've had engagements with the regulatory authorities as well as with important shelters like PIC. And our indication is that it is not palatable for us that this continues on an ongoing basis. Therefore, um, it's important for us to prioritize closure. Mm. Thankfully, 
We have received a firm commitment from PIEC that remains the most important outstanding shareholder that they will make decisions in terms of their position in the, in, in the short term. So that is a very important step because that could be the difference between implants being in a position of control or not. So that is fundamental. In terms of regulatory processes that are outstanding, there's only two parts. One is the compliance certificate from the takeover regulatory panel. Regrettably, we've been informed by the TRP that South African law lends itself towards litigious action and to the extent that there are appeals, which is the case that this process may continue for years. And so that is not good news. And secondly, on the receipt of uh, the compliance certificate, there is the normal uh, administrative JSE approval of the additional uh, Aubrey Platt shares. And, but that's just an administrative thing. So as the compliance certificate is the, is the important one, but the, the determinant factor is going to be the decision by the PIC shortly. All right. It seems that there are encouraging signs there. But let's say that the closure of this deal does not happen in a satisfactory time period. Where then would uh, Impala Platinum be looking for growth for the business? So we, we have announced a range of life of mine extension as well as growth projects. And a large percentage of that has been in Zimbabwe. We are, we are ex extending and increasing the capacity of BIMA uh, <coughs> mine at, um, at Zimplas. We are uh, installing a third concentrator. We are optimizing the smelter and even going as far as developing a base metal refinery. We believe the nature of the Zimbabwe deposits are are superior to what we have remaining in the Western Limb, which is associated with deep level tabular deposits. Hmm. Beyond that, we believe there are other parts of the value chain, potentially secondary supply, and even beyond that, there are the associated metals with our PGMs in the form of base metals that are future facing, um, batchy, batchy orientated metals that could potentially provide additional avenues for the company to grow into in the future. Ah. And just lastly, to close off this conversation, Nicole, what will you sharpen your focus on operationally and financially uh, in the second half of the financial year? Thank you. The first thing is that we have to eliminate harm to our people. We had two fatalities during the past six months, and that is unbearable for the company. Secondly, I mean, I, I think from an operational point of view, the performance as well, but the escalation in cost is creating a contraction of margins between the revenue and the cost, and that is not sustainable. So that'll be a key focus for us to mitigate our cost. Thirdly, the conclusion of the Obiplast transaction is of utmost importance to us. Those are the, the main priorities. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time and just giving us uh, more detail and insight into the interim results that came out of Implants today. Uh, that was Impala Platinum CEO Nico Muller.